Hey guys, so this week on the show we have my good friend Bailey, or Loverboy Media, or Breaking Banter, no matter what you know him as. He and I have very shared experiences because we've both been doing YouTube for a very long time. Um, but we also have very different experiences because we're from different countries. So I hope you enjoy that, and let's just jump right into it. We were just all talking about the way that I don't know if any of us actually know how we really sound anymore. Right. And to the point of saying that, like, talking to people that we know and having done, like, podcasts like this and going, hey, that's not how that person usually sounds, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, but I feel like that's, I feel like this is that thing of, like, magicians giving away their secrets, like, we're ruining <laughs> the illusion right, right now by talking about this. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny, there's, like, a... We all have, like, an internal picture of ourselves and, like, this is how my voice sounds when I'm not on stage kind of thing. But then you go, like, when am I not on stage? Like, I'm always talking to someone. I'm always with a friend or whatever. So, like, is this just me? Like, the way that I talk right now? Like, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, I've you get that thing where you're, like, you speak to different people in different ways as right. well. Yeah. Like, you have, you know, the you speak to your family different just to the way that you speak to your friends or your boss or, and so, yeah, you just get to a point where you're like, God, I don't know how I normally sound anymore. And I feel right. like I could almost choose, like I actually do outright like different vocal approaches for different videos completely. Like yeah. Yeah. the video I'm currently working on, I have specifically done like certain things to my voice to sound a certain way. Um, and I, I mean, like, I've, that doesn't sound like, I mean, everyone does that, but like outright knowing that I can take my voice here and do this to get this effect. And I'm like, that's not how I normally sound, but I don't know if people will notice cause it's right for the tone of the video. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's another thing I've had to learn to be okay with is having different styles for different videos. Cause as someone who is totally OCD about stuff, like I always want my videos to be coherent and consistent and like you can watch this one from now and this one from three weeks ago and this one from three months ago and feel like it's the same voice and same style and everything um and I still try to maintain that but at times I have to be like all right like you can these videos can be different and maybe that's what makes them special is like that they each have their own they're each an individual artistic vision they're not like this grand thing you know well your stuff is so diverse like I feel like I feel like out of all the Film Hub boys, I'm the one that's locked into the most like I can <laughs> do one thing. Like yeah. your stuff is super diverse. Um, compared, you know, the fact that you went from doing Spider Verse to Disney theme park, or like <laughs> yeah, Disney World and Zelda and it into crashed doing, and burned. Uh, Kung Fu Panda. Hey, hey, <laughs> I've been there. I can relate. I'm <laughs> always there. Actually, I I run this uh, town. Yeah. I run no, the No Views High Effort Town. <laughs> Someday I will return to theme parks talking about it on the channel because I love theme parks so much, but no one wants to hear about it. So that'll be the risk you I have really to take. You really do. Like 95% of your tweets at the moment are about oh, theme I know. parks. And yeah. I, I and they, for it. They do not get the response that my other tweets get. <laughs> it's crazy. No, well, yeah. I, like I, I find I, it interesting because I've got no yeah. insight. And then you're like providing, I, I've never been to Disney World, Disneyland. I've never been to any of like the studio theme parks yeah um even the ones that we have here in australia so like yeah you're providing 
my only insight into what they are. It's it's hard to vent like about Disney stuff on Twitter because no one my entire like maybe 10 people out of my entire follower base even know what I'm talking about but like when you get back from a Disney trip it's like getting back from like summer camp or something and it's like no one else understands what I've done this week and how special it was and all this kind of stuff and so you try to kind of share it on Twitter but it's hard to make anyone understand like how passionate you are about certain things um which sounds very pretentious but you know it's just like a a a very Going to Disney is a very special experience for me, um, and I always want to share that with people, but I have very little of a circle of people who share the same enthusiasm for theme parks as I do. There's, like, two friends that I know. I feel like all of you guys have done videos recently where you, like, just talked about something you loved, and I was like, damn, they're all (laughs) doing it better than I can do it. No, your videos, they are the most well-edited out of anyone in our entire group, like... I say that with 100% confidence. Like, there is no one who edits as well as you do. I've got to have at least one thing going for me, so I'll take that. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Yeah. I mean, on, on, on the views spectrum, <laughs> that's yeah. a different story, but yeah. You know, the views don't make the man, as we all know, because I know so many channels, no. including yours, that have no views and do great content. But, you know, it's... The views I, I do make treat, the money, though, and I wouldn't mind make the having money. some of that every now and then. I was thinking the other day about how, like, people like Alex and people like, who who was it who I was watching the other day? Um, somebody had, like, a four-minute Squarespace ad at the end of their video, and I was going, wouldn't that kill viewer retention rates like in terms of people staying till the end of the video oh i found this out the other day yeah but at the same time i guess maybe people like that go it's worth it because they're paying me more than than the the money i would get from the video would be anyway like i guess that's the trade-off there you've you've never had have you ever had a sponsorship either you've Um, never had one either right i had one one time it was a like a t-shirt uh, yes, website or something, and um, it was one of these things where you put in their link using my name, and if someone purchases from them using my link, then I get like a dollar or whatever. <laughs> so that obviously didn't make me anything. So you know, yeah, well, I find it so rare to get like just on any video for me to get above forty percent viewer retention is. Right. So, so rare. And that's across both channels. Like, Which is weird because people say that they like long-form content now. And like, I, they will let things play out on their phone while they eat lunch or something and, and yeah. watch the whole video. I know I do that. Like, there are certainly videos I, that I don't watch the whole thing. But most videos I let play out if I'm going to settle down and watch them. Um, oh, yeah. It's, especially if it's a channel that like I watch in any capacity. Like, obviously, if it's... You know, any of the guys, not just the Film Hub guys, but any of the group that we kind of have of, you know, creators that are all interacting frequently, I will let those videos play out right to the end, even if it's 10 minutes of credits. I'll go the whole way through. But even like, yeah, it's very rare that I would not let a video play all the way through just out of like practicality because I'm usually doing two things at once, whether I'm eating or cooking or doing whatever else. It will naturally play all the way to the end because I'll be caught up doing something else during the end of it. And so it just right. naturally gets to that place. Um, but yeah, I, I like, wish, I wish YouTube didn't count like people jumping out after five seconds as part of your viewer retention. Cause all of my videos just have this exponential drop <laughs> from the first five seconds. Like someone, it's like, 
25% of people that watched, like that clicked on the video, clicked on it accidentally and dipped the second it started. Exactly. Yeah. I always wonder. I don't want to know that. that. um, That's depressing. There's that autoplay thing now where when you're on the YouTube app, you can scroll past a thumbnail and it will automatically play it like in the window. And I always wonder if that counts as a view or counts as viewer retention. Like, I don't know, but it, no, it seems I don't like know. it should that, not. That wouldn't count as anything. Yeah. I, I, it would suck as well because I feel like I've scrolled through all of mine for my videos on Loverboy yeah. and they all suck. Like it's all the least interesting thing <laughs> in the video to the yeah. point that if that's what I'd hovered over, I go, mm, yeah, I'm not watching that. Yeah. Well, that's not... You know, I'm doing all this so, fancy editing and crazy stuff and skits and that, and it's never the stuff that's in that It's usually something window. with a face is what they cut to, yeah. But no, you're talking about the, like, 10-second preview that d- goes when you mouse over it or whatever. Like, in the YouTube oh, app no, I'm, now, I'm talking, like, when someone literally clicks on the video and they oh, click off right. it immediately. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know, like, I don't know if your retention looks like that as well, but mine literally looks like everyone that jumped on it just dipped immediately. Yeah. Like, it's just this exponential dive. Is that more with, first, uh, like, five seconds? Is that more with Breaking Banter or with Loverboy? Nope, that's on both. Huh. That's on both. It's I yeah, I I've I mean we've never all compared this because I'm pretty sure I'd cry if I looked at everyone else's attention. <laughs> yeah. Nothing worse than editing like a 20 minute video. Actually, editing a video of any length and people only watching one fifth of it is just right. like, well, come on, people, I did this for yeah. you. Like Kung Fu yeah. Panda one I mean, was the know. best um for me in terms of your retention in a while. It was, I think. Nine minutes, 40 seconds out of 20 minutes, which is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I would kill you know, for that. in the grand scheme of things, the Zelda one was terrible. It was like six minutes out of 28 minutes or something like that. Um, so that was disappointing. But <laughs> what can I you do? I knew we were going to turn this into us nerding out. It's just going like to be that. Yeah. The background, because we talk about this so often is just about like, you know, we talk about, just in general, YouTubers are always talking about the algorithm and about, you know, uh, all these different statistics and, you know, what's trending and what's, you know, hitting specific windows to get a video out to, to make it, you know, yeah. more popular for whatever reason. And I, I feel like we talk about it like it's some exact science and yet none it of us not. have seemed no. to be able to nail it. <laughs> yeah. Like you could be sure. I've had so many videos this year where I was like, like I stopped gambling after the Assassin's Creed video and I was like, nah, I'm doing sure bets yeah. one after another. Um, and, you know, really adding my spin to it. I've kind of, I know what this channel is now. I know what I'm doing and just all of them just not getting to that level. Like some of them have done drastically better, but uh, considering, you know, we've seen people this year who had video or like in the last uh, year and a half, some of, uh, you know, creator friends have posted stuff. Uh, when they've had barely any subscribers and their videos have crossed like a million views, and no, I'm like, yeah. "Hi, it's crazy. How do I, how do we do that? <laughs> right? Can, can we have that? Just one, it's, just one win, please." I, I think really it's such a, I think consistency is the key. But with for guys like us who like have such a high bar of quality in our own heads, whether that bar of quality is real or not, I don't know. <laughs> like in our own heads, we've got this bar of quality that we have to meet. I had somebody ask me. Yesterday, they said, um, would you rather get out like 15 okay videos in five weeks or one amazing video in five weeks? And I was like, it's it's the amazing one. <laughs> like, there's no question well, in my mind here, about that. Here's the thing with that. Do you know how to make an okay video? 
because like, and this is not to try to sound like self aggrandize <laughs> or whatever, but like, I don't know how to, there's been times where I'm like, I'm going to rush this and I can't do it. Yeah. Like once I set my standard for what lover boy was going to be, I, I, I physically cannot rush no, those videos. I can't either. And that's the, like, like with the I'll dark set a deadline one. and I'm like, no, nah, I can't. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. You said you were going to rush this out. Pretty I'm much, trying. And right. You're st- I could yeah. not do it. I could have completed that dark crystal video in one night before I left for Disney. Um, but it would have been absolutely so rushed and, and not had any of the, the quality or the little things that make my other videos good. So today I'm hoping to finish it up, but like it's, it's definitely been a, every time I think I can do something in however much time, it's always going to take three times more than that, maybe five times more. And it's not because I couldn't do it in that amount of time. Like I could, but it would be bad. (laughs) And so I need to spend five times more time to actually have it be good. And I always do. Like I I can't really something that I'm not proud of. I don't know. Which makes it genuinely incredible every time Alex turns around with (laughs) one of those like instant videos he does. And they're like at the same level of quality. Like, yeah, we're both working on 50-minute videos at the same amount of the same, you know, time, except I started mine a month and a half before his, and he's already finished. And I'm like, I, you know, I get he does YouTube full-time, and I know yeah. that when he says he's editing, he's really editing, but I do not get how he can work that fast. It's crazy. It blows even, my mind. Even if you know the movie Inside Out, I, I can't do that. Like, even if I know the topic Inside Out, I know exactly which scenes at which point I still cannot work that fast. Yeah, that I do think that does aid him a lot is especially with like these Raimi videos. He freaking knows every single scene, like the back of his hand and exactly where to find it. And that was like with the Kung Fu Panda video, I found that edit to be a lot easier because I know those movies so well. And so I was like, all right, what do I show here? Oop, I got it. I know what to show right here. Um, versus like with the Zelda Disney video that took... I think that was probably the longest a video has ever taken for me to make. And it was because, like, so much of the visuals in the Zelda Disney one were things that I didn't quite know how I was going to communicate it. Like, a lot of the video is conceptual, and so I have to find, like, visual evidence of what I'm talking about. And I had pictured things in my head, but, like, like, you know, a good 80% of that video was I had to find pictures and videos online that I could use to show and prove my point and then credit those sources and everything, um, which was a lot harder than just picking from footage from one movie, right? Like that, which is what I did with the Kung Fu Panda one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's doing games is that's the hardest edit I've ever done. And it was yeah. also the, and it was also the lowest views I ever got. So <laughs> there we go. We know now to both exactly. steer clear of games. Do it. Yeah, let's let's avoid that one for a while. I think Zelda would be the only game thing I would ever do. I'm not a big video game guy. Um, I if if Alex hadn't made one about Spider-Man PS4, maybe I would do that too. But other than that, like I, I am a lot more of a movie guy than a game guy. Although, like, I feel like the thing that I have wanted to be able to do with my channel in the past year or so, um is expand from it just being a movie channel to more of an art channel channel in general, a storytelling yeah. channel in general. Cause I like as I get older and as I broaden my horizons for things, like I don't feel like movies are my exclusive passion and exclusive calling. Like I feel like storytelling and creativity is my 
passion and calling, but I, I see that manifest in so many ways. Like I am equally passionate about great radio shows and audio storytelling and equally passionate about theme park design and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and you know, so it's funny cause we're in these circles, especially on Twitter where I know so many people who every second that they're not at work or whatever, like they're watching classic films and, and, you know, and watching every movie that comes out in a given year and stuff. And that's great. But like, I can't do that because I film is is one fraction of what I'm interested in, you know, and so that that makes it even harder for selecting a future career and all this kind of crazy stuff because like there's so many paths to choose. Oh, from. there's just there's too much. There's yeah. too much to take in in one lifetime, and especially when you are a creator and this is what I've had to like come to terms with is like the more you create, the less you can consume. Yeah. And like that is a continual, especially if you're someone like me who has such a hard time creating and not out of lack of being a creative person, but someone who has such a hard time, you know, I've got such a high standard for my own work and I'm like notoriously, cripplingly like procrastinating like it's it's next level um it's so hard like I don't procrastinate effectively yeah like someone who is good at procrastinating goes I'm not getting anything done today and then watches an entire season of a tv show they (laughs) wanted to catch up on whereas I'll go through I'll be like I'll be like oh I'm not gonna get anything done today and then I'll read the wikipedia page for I don't know I was I, I immediately went to say Shrek (laughs) <laughs> and I, I don't, I, just anything weird. Like my, my yeah. thing at the moment's been, because I was watching Mindhunter, I just, just reading up on every serial killer ever and then not being able to sleep. That sounds terrible, but that is a rabbit hole of incredibly interesting stuff. No, I get stuff. down rabbit holes too. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, there are seasons where I consume more than I create, but whenever I do that, I feel drained. Like I love watching great movies and taking in great art and experiencing great stories and everything. But inevitably I always feel like, all right, what am I doing? Like I can't, my life can't be just consuming other things people have made. And some people are okay with that. But like, I think I tweeted this about like um, comic book conventions and stuff before where I love like Dragon Con that I go to in Atlanta and Comic Con and all that kind of stuff. Like for a for a time, I think it's so fun, and I love seeing how art moves people and how stories have um, gr- allowed people to grow their lives and you know change them and empowered them and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, inevitably, like when I spend a lot of time at a convention like that, and you go to like the vendor halls where they're selling all the props from all the things, and everybody's you know doing all this kind of stuff. And the the decals and the the you know authentic replicas and all this kind of stuff like it's yeah I I feel spiritually drained almost by the the level at which no one is creating things everyone is consuming and defining their lives around the things that they watch and again I love yeah. art I love watching things and all that kind of stuff but at the same time. I don't know. I I feel like there's more to life than just watching a lot of good movies, <laughs> you know. So it's it's well, a balance. I I think it's all that there is to my life, but I just can't get around to doing it. All, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. You know, I, there's there's I, I would love to to make that my life, and then also have another life to do everything else, and then yeah. everything else again, and you know, 
Have you seen the movie it's, About yeah. Time? Uh, with uh, Rachel McAdams? Yeah. And, Is that uh, the one? The Donald rom-com? Mason. No, yeah. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's great. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, but in the so it's in that movie, the men in in Donald Gleason's family can time travel, and essentially they can go back to their like to their body at an earlier time in their life and live through that again, and then come back. So what Donald Gleason's dad does is he lives every day twice, and the first like the first time of the day, he just reads a bunch of books and like takes in all of the art and literature that he always wanted to take in. And then the second time he just does the day and lives it to the fullest. And so it's like, I'm like, that's what I would do. <laughs> like have one life for Imagine living that, things hey? and one life for taking in all the art I want to take in. <laughs> like that would be great. Oh my God. I hell want to watch that movie right oh, now. Oh, it's so good, dude. It You would love that movie. That's it so right. I, it was one of those ones where I saw the trailer at the time and I was like, ah, I might get around yeah. to this. And then I did not get around to this. Yeah. Um, a different story, like it's different now that like, I mean, this is terrible, but like I essentially don't really pay for seeing movies anymore because part of having, you know, breaking banter means I get to go and see, yeah. you know, everything. I get the invites, so I kind of end up seeing stuff and it's, um, you kind of just go anyway. But before when I had to pay for things, you know, you're a bit more like reserved around, yeah. um, you know, you're like, oh, I'll just skip seeing that. Whereas tonight I was like, you know what? I will go and see Gemini, man. <laughs> Yeah, like it. Did you see and that? And then tonight? you know it, and it, it ends. It ends, and then you go, well, maybe I didn't need to see it, but right. you know, that is like I see people who obsess about seeing every movie that comes out in a given year and all the crappy rom coms and the oh, you know. God, no, movie. I did I'm that like, for a bit. I cannot. I did that for a bit. The, the spend comedy my time sequels, on things. man. <laughs> yeah, the comedy sequels are the killer. And it's I mean, like a... this is America gets a lot of. You guys make a lot of trash comedies, like <laughs> cheap. They're probably starring Ice Cube and like a, a, a B-list comedian who is from a much funnier movie, possibly yep. a TV show. And yeah, I used to watch those and now I get those invites and I hit decline before the emails even finish loading. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't make myself want to see every movie that comes out. And I inevitably go, well... The time that I spend watching this movie, I could spend watching a classic movie or creating something. Exactly. Like it's and there's so many more movies from the olden days that I have not seen that, that I really need to see. And so, you know, it's it's a big trade off there. The, I, the I ones that feel... you say that you haven't seen and people judge you hectically right, for exactly. It. Yeah. Like you're like you're like, yo, how good's this? And you're like, I haven't seen it. And people just you're like you're dead to them for yeah. the next hour. You know the what's the worst feeling years. is when you're supposed to be the film guy in a given conversation, but then someone oh who's my God. a noob has actually seen a movie that you haven't seen. <laughs> that that yep. always feels and pretty then, bad. And and they will not they will not let you live it down. Right. They will bring it up all the time. Yeah. Yep. I get that with people at my day job who are like, oh, have you seen so and so? And I'm like, no. No. Where do I get where do I get the time? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel more of the freedom to see whatever I want to see because I have um, AMC A-List, and so I get three movies a week on that. Um, but I, I don't Wait, always what, use... I, what is that? Oh, so 
Do you have AMC in Australia? Yeah. Is that a, no. Yeah. You guys, you guys post about a lot of this stuff, and I don't actually know what it is. So when yeah. the whole movie pass thing was happening, right. I was like, ah, right. f- okay, this is a thing that you guys have apparently. So I don't know what this is. No. Yeah. So about two years ago, Movie Pass launched, and it was essentially you pay ten dollars a month, and you can see unlimited movies, one a day, and using their card. And everyone was like, "This is going to fail," and. Me and my dad got the pass, and we used it for a good eight months. Just wonderful. It was so good. You could go to any theater and use it at any time. You just had to click on the app and activate it, and it would buy your ticket. And um, and it was $10 a month. And their wager was that they would, that MoviePass would drive up ticket sales so much that if they pulled out or if they went bankrupt, theaters would beg for them to stick around because people would go into the movies so much more. And so maybe what they could do was get a cut of the concessions uh, costs that they would drive up because if people weren't paying as much for their tickets, then they would buy more concessions and the theaters would thank them for that or something. Um, So it was a crazy wager. I was kind of on board with it. I was like, hey, this is insane. They're probably going to fail, but I hope that things work out. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good deal regardless of whether it works out or not. Right. right? Exactly. Like for you, so, for the consumer, it's fantastic. Yeah. Me and my dad used it gloriously for like eight months and it was wonderful. Um, but then it did <laughs> inevitably, they started to limit things and it was like, all right, now you get five movies a month and now you get, you know, like now the big popular movies you can't see until the week after they come out or something like that. Um, so eventually we, we pulled out, but Around the time that MoviePass was failing, AMC launches their own service um, called AMC A-List. And they've had the AMC Stubbs program for, like, years at this point. It was just, like, a way to rack up rewards and, like, get free concessions and everything. Um, but this was an extension of that where it's it's $20 a month. You get three movies a week, and they can be IMAX or Dolby or 3D for no extra cost whatsoever. Um, and you can reserve your seats ahead of time and you can, um, buy popcorn ahead of time. You also get, um, free concession upgrades. So if you get like a regular popcorn, it upgrades to a large automatically. Um, and on Tuesdays you can bring a friend for only $5 for their ticket. So me and my dad have a list and we bring the other two members of our family for only $5 each on Tuesdays. Um, so it's kind of amazing. And the hilarious thing is yeah, that like that's Dolby, actually that's actually the best thing I've ever heard. Dolby tickets are twenty dollars. So when you buy when you get a Dolby ticket using A list, you have paid for the entire service in, in one in one go. So it's great. And that it actually has some advantages that MoviePass didn't have. Like MoviePass, you had to go to the theater on the day and get your ticket. Um, versus AMC, you can reserve it ahead of time, um, which is oh great. Oh my god. Yeah. And you rack up points to get like free rewards and stuff. So yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. It's definitely like I wanted to root for MoviePass because they were that third party. Like they were the yeah, ones kind of yeah, sticking of it to the man. Like and and I wanted them to succeed versus now it's back in the hands of the man. <laughs> but as yeah, far as exactly. it goes, like AMC has definitely been pretty awesome for me. So I haven't been to a non-AMC theater in like two years at this point. <laughs> Because they that's just all that I go to now. 
We don't we don't have AMC here, so I want to ask this now. Is AMC the movie like the theater chain the same as the cable channel? Is it a cable channel that you guys have there? The the, the channel that does like Breaking Bad and stuff um, or Walking Dead? Is that AMC? Are they are they like linked in any way? <laughs> I think this makes they you are sound different like such AMCs. a noob, but I don't understand. No, okay. I I actually don't know either. Like, and that's the there's also like. Fox News and then Fox are two different channels on, on yes. TV. I don't understand that either. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah, that this this stuff confuses me. It confuses right. me. I I know about it because I'm I feel like I'm more involved in American culture now than yeah. like Australian because I I live on this time zone now, so I feel like I'm more used to it. But um, but yeah, I just keep coming across things like that where I'm like, uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, but then again, we all ride kangaroos to to work, so you know that probably doesn't make sense to you either. Have you ever listened to the Weekly Planet uh, from 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 your fellow country? <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Oh, okay. So, do you know Mister Sunday Movies on YouTube? The the film oh yeah, no, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So he was the first uh, exposure to Australian culture that I really had because <laughs> he. Um, can, can I be honest? I yeah. I thought he was putting on that accent. I didn't think he was actually What? <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. He, he so he's got he he was so far to the extreme of being Australian that I genuinely <laughs> didn't believe he was. No, yeah, he's um he's had his YouTube channel for like since like 2014 I've been following him and he has a a podcast that they've had since then with him and his friend Nick Mason um called The Weekly Planet and it's a it's a parody of The Daily Planet from Superman. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so they're two Australian lads and they talk about stuff, movies every week. But so I've been listening to them, their podcast. I think I've for seen like, outtakes of it. Like, yeah. I think I've seen outtakes where they've edited it stuff. It is very funny. I, I enjoy them a lot. I, I feel like it's one of those classic podcast experiences where I've never talked to either of them, but I feel like they're my friends because <laughs> I've listened to their podcast for so many years at this point. And like, right, it gets to the okay. point where I listen to their podcast so much that I will at times take on a mild Australian like hint to my voice because I've just been listening to them for so long. <laughs> so it's, you I'm know, to imagine what that sounds like now. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Please do not try an Australian accent. No, no, <laughs> it's, it's honestly, uh, uh, there's nothing like, it must be weird. Uh, this is, this is something interesting right now. Right. Ugh. So like, um, uh, as an American, you're used to hearing, I mean, obviously so many different States that have different, you know, ways of speaking, right. different accents and whatnot. But you guys are used to hearing your language, uh, your way of speaking in movies all the time. As yeah. soon as Australians hear it, we cannot stand it. Like you've <laughs> seen Pacific Rim, right? Yeah. You've seen Pacific Rim? Yeah. When the Australian guys turn up in that, every time they speak, I want to scream <laughs> because they are Australian, but they don't like, it just sounds wrong. Yeah. Like our accent is such a mess of different things that it just sounds wrong as soon as we turn up in anything alongside. Cause I'm like, no, that's how movie people sound. They're all American or British. And then Australians turn up and they're like, howdy. And it's like, uh, <laughs> actually that's not what Australians say. We're meant to say good day. Right. Uh, no one says that. G'day. Ew. Yeah. But like stuff like that. And, and you've got Americans writing for Australian ways of speaking. And it's like, I, it never comes out right. So I don't yeah. know whether it's the accent or the writing, but like, yeah, Pacific Rim is the immediate one I go to because every time those Australian characters speak, I, I just like die inside. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you, 
we Do you really ever hear people from like your hometown with, or like your well like i'm from the south and so you will hear like phony southern accents in in american movies at times that sound like a parody but like also there are people who sound like that here <laughs> like so it's it's never a, a huge far cry um but yeah that is the funny thing is like as americans we always think like we're the ones that don't have accents. Like, like when I say, well, I guess I, you never have to deal with it in a video. Yeah. Well, I mean, you probably, you have a very like specific voice. I'm sure people actually, you've shown me comments where people were outright, like being like, I don't like the way you sound, but I get one in every 10 comments on, yeah. uh, not so much lover boy, but on breaking banter is about either the way I pronounce things because of my accent or because of my accent. Or people being like outright, like I'm not watching this because of the way you sound. What? And you're like, great, that's just another. Oh yeah. man, another I, thing I can't I, change. I've been trying. Yeah, another another hurdle I have to jump over. Like the Joker review has been nonstop about my accent, and it's like, have you guys never heard an Australian? Before? Actually, it's yeah. Every second comment is either. Uh, about my accent or about, oh, I clicked on this thinking it was Jeremy Johns and you're not, you're <laughs> just a shit discount version. I feel like I like, enjoy uh, hearing Australian accents more than I enjoy hearing American accents because <laughs> they're just fun to listen to. I don't know. Well, that that like, makes one person on the planet. There we go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I get a weird amount of comments from people saying like, are you British? And I'm like, What? I, I don't know how well, I could sound think, remotely British, but people say that I do sometimes for some reason. I don't know. I I kind of understand that, but yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I feel like some people have never heard other accents before. Right. Yeah. I mean, I have a hard time. There's, there's some channels that I watch where I'm like, I'm not actually a hundred percent sure where that person's from. Yeah. I still don't know where Tom from uh, Like Stories of Old. I don't know where. I, I mean, I think he is American. Yeah, His accent it is, is something else. And I haven't worked it out yet. I haven't worked it out yet. So occasionally, and uh, that's the other thing. Australians, I think I can now, but usually Australians can't tell the difference between Canadian and uh, being from the States. Which, oh, it, yeah, yeah, it's kind of obvious to me now. Uh, but there was a point, and it's only because of like watching like Nerd Rider right. um, and like John. John's the main one. Like John has <laughs> such a, uh, he's got a very Canadian, stuff, such like, yeah, yeah. It's so Canadian. I'm like, Oh, that's what Canadian sounds like. Right. Canadians actually have the essay voice. If you're Canadian, I feel like you default have the, <laughs> that's actually voice. true. Yeah. That, and it's Cause, really, cause it was basically started by, by Evan from nerd Rider and, um, every frame of painting, uh, yeah. with like the two guys that pioneered it and they're both Canadians. So I can definitely tell the difference between a Canadian and like someone from the South in America, but like Northerners in America usually sound pretty similar to Canadians um, at times. So it's, it's tough for me too. I don't know. I've never even been to Canada. So, you know, have you been to the States? No. And it kills me because oh, wow. like, actually aside from, J aside from Japan, it's the number one place I want to go. Like I've been yeah. lucky to be able to travel a yeah. lot. Um, but no, the States I haven't done yet because I feel like once I go, I will literally refuse to get on the plane and come back. <laughs> um, but no, like I, I want to do it. I was hoping that I would have done it to go to uh, either Telluride or Toronto for like the film festival. Yeah. Um, I was hoping that by now I would have done that, but uh, I have 
not uh, since moving out of home, I have definitely not had the money to do so. Right. Um, but yeah, I I think that'll be like my next thing will be to go. Uh, I want to do New York so bad. I want to yeah, go. It's awesome. Actually, I just kind of want to go everywhere. Like I want yeah. to go to every state. Yeah. I've always had this like incredible fascination with America as a whole. And so there's nowhere that I wouldn't want to go. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoy living in Georgia because it's such a, like, <laughs> it, I, I feel like in Georgia, I get the best of both worlds where I can go up to the to North Georgia or down to the kind of the deep South and you get crazy hillbillies and mountain towns and like a place with goats on the roof and like all this crazy Southern wacky stuff. Um, and you know, there's like civil war history and all this kind of crazy stuff, but then also you can go in town to Atlanta and it's very like progressive and it's a big city and it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff to do in Atlanta. Um, a lot of liberal arts kind of stuff. Um, and so I always kind of enjoy having the best of both worlds there versus some states have all of one thing. <laughs> I would never want to live in a state that is totally like country, but I would never want to live in a state that's totally city folk either. So like it's it's nice having both. Um, but yeah, like I, I, there's times when I feel like America is like, all right, I've been there, done that. It's boring. But even I then sometimes go, oh, wait, like there's a lot that I haven't seen. Like I've never been out like west to like, Wyoming and and the national parks out there and everything and that's a big thing people do. Uh so that um, was like the number one place like where I when I was growing up because I was like before I've always been like an obsessive person, right? Yeah. So whatever I've been into, I've been obsessed with. When when I was a kid, it was dinosaurs. Like I was <laughs> going to be a paleontologist and the number one place I wanted to go as a kid was like people would be like you could go anywhere in the world. Where do you want to go? And I was like Wyoming and people would be like <laughs> where? I was like, it, it don't, you don't worry, you're uncultured adults. Um, but no, yeah, Wyoming somewhere I desperately want to go for that exact reason for uh, national parks. And I'm pretty sure the uh, Natural History Museum is still in Wyoming, which is somewhere that my nerd self desperately wants to go. Yeah. I love museums, man. I, I fucking do too. love museums. Love oh, I swore and I can't Ooh. say that. You can beep that. <laughs> You can Swore. beat that. That just flew out, but that's when I got super passionate. So yeah, I was like, yo, now museums. we know you're really passionate about dinosaurs. Yeah. 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 I, I was watching I, a, I um, live for him. there's a channel I call, I follow called currently Hannah, who is a, uh, she's Australian actually. And she, but she's lived in Japan for like several years at this point. Um, and she does travel videos that are very like, they're very thoughtful about, the concept of travel videos in general and like how doing a vlog of your trip can sometimes decrease the, the, the experience of the trip. Um, and yep. so she did, she's lived in Japan for a long time and she did a video just this past week about the crazy weird Japan stereotypes and like how, you know, in America and stuff, it's like, Oh, you want to go to Japan? Aren't they so crazy and weird? They got so much crazy stuff. Look at the people with the big eyes and the crazy cartoons and all that kind of stuff. And Hello Kitty and whatever. And, you know, they're crazy game shows and whatever. And and she did a great video talking about how, yes, there is crazy weird stuff in Japan, but it's not really the majority of things. And a lot of times now because of that stereotype like japan will pander to american tourists and be like all right you came for crazy oh, yeah. weird japan like oh, here it yeah. is you know um 
but then also there's a great section in the video where she talks about how, like, you know, you can watch a, a Japanese game show or comedy show without knowing what they're saying and be like, oh, it's so crazy. They're so weird. But you can do the exact same thing with, like, SNL sketches from America if you didn't know what they were saying and be like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so, like, it's yeah. really, you know, it's all relative. Yeah, do you... um. Wasn't gonna, there's something I was going to ask there specifically about. Oh, so yeah, you're say you've mentioning like so many things that I don't watch. Do you watch a lot of YouTube? I feel like you're always sharing or mentioning <laughs> stuff to us that I'm like I've never heard of this. I feel like I don't leave like aside from a couple of like yeah. Australian um, like comedy channels that I'll occasionally flick something on for. I feel like I do not leave the film or like arts realm of YouTube. Like I watch obviously all the videos that you guys, like the film hub guys make and then the broader essay community. Yeah. Um, I watch like interviews. I'll watch, uh, you know, actually no, that's about the extent of the <laughs> things that I watch. And I feel like you watch a lot. How, like, have you ever looked at the thing that now tracks how much YouTube you watch in a day and go, what am I doing? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Of course, like lots of it I do while I'm multitasking, so I don't feel quite yeah, as guilty yeah, about same. it. Um, but yeah, like I... But then you feel guilty that you weren't paying attention to the video right. enough. Do you ever have that? <laughs> I do have that, yeah. I, I, I follow a lot of video essayists and a lot of film people, but I also... There are very few channels that I'm super dedicated to to where I'll watch every video that they put out, um, which... I guess it's sad because I would hope that people would be that way with my channel, but you know, I, I don't yeah. feel like, you know, um, but I follow well, I, a lot of I got of to that level. Where, so I only subscribe yeah. to channels that like, I will watch pretty much everything they post. Like if I'm not watching this, this probably sounds terrible, but if I'm not watching something that everyone posts, I'd kind of unsubscribe from them. Yeah. Like, I know that sounds terrible, but I feel, st I feel worse that I'm not watching everything they post or just being like an, an empty number sitting there. Yeah. I, I so rarely you, unsubscribe like me, from people that I've yeah. I've had the same YouTube account for 10 years and so I'm subscribed to like 900 people and so like I I oh have to Oh my god what I know it's insane and I do sometimes I'll take like 5 minutes and try to unsubscribe from some people who I don't watch anymore but like it's it's just overwhelming at this point so I turn on post notifications for the people that I'm really really like I want to watch every video that they put out um but yeah like I definitely like the video essay stuff might be the majority of what I watch, but only by slightly because I, I have a okay. big, like a certainly like a, a big percentage of my subscription timeline is theme park related videos. Um, and then also God, is, the, have, is the market that big for there to be enough content? There's there? a lot of theme park channels for sure. And I mean, your Zelda video was genuinely the first theme park video yeah. I had Nobody ever Nobody ever does so. like video essays about theme parks, which makes me sad. Um, although maybe I'll be the first. <laughs> but like well, you, most already, of what you watch are that. like news related things. Like here's the updates on, on Disney World for this week. And also like attraction walkthroughs and stuff like that um vlogs and whatever um which i only like half pay attention to but but i do i like to watch some of that kind of stuff from time to time for me like disney world is kind of like a it's like a like on the one hand it is a place that i love to just peacefully hang out and it's this wonderful environment and atmosphere but on the other hand it's like a freaking like game that I have to win and so like like getting all the all the rides done in one day kind of thing is it's 
and for my dad, it's even more so. He loves having to game the system and get fast passes as soon as possible and all this kind of stuff. So for YouTube, a lot of that kind of comes down to videos that give you tips and tricks and whatever for, for doing things faster and hidden things you didn't know about. Because especially at Disney, like, you can you can be at Disney for a year and you still wouldn't know every little thing that goes on. Like, I just found out Is yesterday. for real, actually? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like... Oh my God. Because the entirety of the Walt Disney World property in Florida is the size of the island of Manhattan. I think it's bigger. And is there's. It, what the hell? Is it like, actually. Yeah. There's like 15 different resorts. Oh my God. This is blowing my mind. It's crazy. I have no idea. There's, there's four parks and then there's 15 different resorts or something like that. And so you can. One of the things that my family always does when we go to Disney is we schedule one day as just the resort day where we just take the bus and hop around to all the different hotels and see them. And, and the different hotels have different pools and experiences. There's a art of animation hotel that has an animation drawing class every day. Um, stuff like that, that you just find out different things as you go along. Um, the place where we stay Fort wilderness has like campfires and movie nights every night. Um, I just found out yesterday. This that, like, is blowing my mind. I'm genuinely like, oh, it's crazy, freaking yeah. out right now that it's that big. In um in the Magic Kingdom, there are American flags on the top of lots of the buildings, but because um technically, if if it's a real American flag with all fifty stars and all that kind of stuff, um you have to raise and lower it every day, um just legally, I guess they. Uh, nine out of ten flags in the park are fake flags. They have one star missing from how many there are supposed to be. Um, but so for the one flag that is real in the very center of Main Street in in the Magic Kingdom um, that has all 50 stars and does have to be raised and lowered every day, they get a military veteran who is in the park that day to do like a whole ceremony and they raise and lower it at the beginning and ending of every day. So... That's something that I found out yesterday that was just a random little tidbit of, like, I've been to the parks, hunt, like, so many times, and I didn't know that until now. Like, <laughs> And stuff like that happens every day well, where I find out new things. Like, it's crazy. You can officially call this podcast Houston Explains <laughs> Disney World. Is Dude, it Disney World it. or Disneyland? Because I'm confused as the distinction between the two. So Disney, Where's the one that you go to all the time in Florida? So that's Walt Disney World. So Disneyland is in California, and that was the first park that Walt opened. Um, it's much smaller, and it quickly ran into the outside world because it, the property was a lot smaller. Um, and so okay. Walt quickly, as, as his dreams kind of expanded beyond that property he wanted to buy up a ton of land in florida and so he bought acres and acres and acres and acres of land in florida the size of san francisco or whatever bigger than the island of manhattan um so that he could do all of his dreams and stuff so it's it's a big thing and there's like a man-made lake and and boats that go across that lake and monorails all over the place and it's it really does feel like you've entered a a city in and of itself, or a, a, a little mini country. <laughs> like, and that's what I love about it, is that it's this bubble without any any hint of the outside world. Right. So you, uh, you've convinced me on going... I mean, not that I wasn't planning on going <laughs> at some point. Yeah. But that was, like, the best sales pitch ever. Your <laughs> Disney shill. I've got so many more sales pitches. I'm telling... I convince people every day. <laughs> Although, for Americans... I feel like, like you got to make this a running joke in videos. You've got to start throwing something in there every time about... Actually, no, probably don't do that because there's nothing people seem to hate more on the internet than Disney Disney in any capacity. Right. Yeah, Disney... 
being in the Disney parks is definitely where I turn off my corporation critical mind usually because like I, I feel like there's two different ways to look at it so like I can I can look at Disney as a corporation and look at like their big corporate heads like Bob Iger and Bob Chapek and all these people who I really don't like and 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 be critical of that but then when I'm in the parks the experience is so magical because of the hardworking employees that are in the parks every day and really if I were to say like what's the thing that I love most most about Disney World like it's the people like because on the cast member side like everyone is so nice and works so hard and is so you know concerned with making your experience the best um and so even when like I don't approve of like a choice that has been made in the parks or like they cut this thing that I loved or this ride is being changed into a new ride or whatever like that doesn't have as much bearing on me as the cast members being so yeah. great um and then and so like it's hard for me to be like you know, oh, Disney's so terrible. Oh, they're so, you know, because, yeah, like, from a corporate standpoint, I can say that, sure. But from the cast members and everything, it's amazing. And then on the other end of the spectrum, like, uh, there's this, like, I just love talking to people in Disney who are also visitors. And you meet people from all over the world. Like, I've met people from Australia and, and England and Japan and all these different places. And everyone's kind of united around this one thing of like, we're here to have fun and to have this magical experience. Um, and so it, it immediately gives you like a talking point, like what rides have you done today? All this kind of stuff. Um, and I just feel like everyone's in this daze of like, we're at Disney. It has to be great. Like it has to, we have to have fun. And so people are just usually nicer, which I like. Um, so that's one of the, another little thing that I just love about being in the parks, you know? I gotta say, like on by extension, by that, and this is one of the great things, like uh, that I love, like when I talk to you or we have any form of exchange online in any way, is that you seem to be able to like s- make that distinction between like um, uh, the perhaps like the motivations behind something being different to the human kind of. Um, effort that goes into it I guess and I'm not just saying like with this thing that you're mentioning with Disney right now but you're like one of the people who you know is able to go like Disney Corporation bad but you like I think we have the same like genuine Disney appreciation right like in all kind of facets like you know I feel like I feel like there's worse companies that could be taking over the world like I'm not (laughs) condoning what Disney's doing because it terrifies me it genuinely does and this is not just one of those things where like, oh, they've got so much goodwill uh, because of, you know, them creating so many cornerstones of like my childhood. Yeah. But like, yeah, Disney, I, I, I don't know, but just, just a thing in general, like I think we seem to understand the human, um, you know, these things are more than the corporations right. behind them, I guess. Yeah. You, you know you know what I mean? Well, Obviously like you know the, what I mean cuz this is something that it's you kind talk of like about. A, but yeah. You know, there's the there's the grand problem and then there are things that are symptoms of the problem but out of their control. Um and so like you know, I mean you can say that about um I was thinking that about did you watch Lindsay Ellis's new video about woke Disney and all that? 
I did today. Yes, yeah. I did today. She talks about um, Princess and the Frog and how there's a little. She just you know briefly talks about it, but about how there's like a a slight bent in it where it talks about like. Um, that movie perpetuates the idea of it's not the system's fault, it's one bad person in the system's fault, right? And it only takes one good person to beat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I agree, but I also think, like, that movie is a symptom of that problem. It falls into that trend, but it is not... Yes. Like, I, I think you can you can fault a larger this trend... This was my exact thought as well. something, but you don't have to fault the individual thing for falling into that trend, right? Like, as much, I yeah. guess. Like, does that make sense? Like, where... I, no, I no, don't that, think that, Princess that and the Frog is a problematic thought. or bad movie for containing that trope. It's just the fact that so many things contain that trope that makes it bad, right? Like, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not that thing... I think it's that thing as well of, like the it not necessarily being like there's no ne- like malicious intent to it yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. understanding it's just that a subconscious thing in usually. any capacity yeah. yeah yeah like i don't think quite often you know the stuff that she raised in general um you know re- regarding like how we handle these issues in the remakes and stuff uh, these live action remakes and, and the thing that's doing, I was like, Hey, never really thought of that before, but that's actually the stuff she said about the Lion King. I had thought about, and, uh, I won't get into talking about that movie because I'm supposed to enjoy all things. <laughs> uh, and so we can, we, we cannot break character. Right. Um, but yeah, th- that, that thing of, um, that she was getting out of like, uh, I trailed off because I was thinking about the Lion King. Uh, it's happened again. <laughs> it always happens. I, I, I didn't think. I didn't think about. I didn't think about it for ages, and then I saw footage from it today. It in that video, and back. I just got filled. Yeah, my heart just sunk immediately. Dude, you again. would love Disney's Animal Kingdom so much because it's it's like a Lion King fans paradise. There's a live Lion King show, and it is magical. And you hear the music all over been, the place. I've been to Africa, so oh wow! So I feel like I've probably had part of. Yeah, so I haven't been to the states, but I have been to Africa. So yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. I, I have had somewhat of an experience, but um, I'm great that we managed to make it five minutes before going back to talking about Disney. <laughs> I, I I think you're trying to stifle. This is your true passion, like it's your true calling. It is true. And what a yeah. shame that when you did finally talk about it, everyone went. Mm, I know. Nah. <sighs> yeah, I, I, Which have... I hate because I stand that video so hard. I'm just gonna, I, I'm gonna keep coming back to that video <laughs> if you're gonna keep coming back to talking about Disney. I stand that video so hard. I've watched it twice. I absolutely adored it. Thank you. And it, it killed me that, like, yeah, I, uh, and now I, we're just working in loops. Now we're back to talking about being depressed about not getting enough views on things, right? <sighs> yeah, I, um, but no, back to like the, the whole corporation versus human thing like, yeah sorry that once i start <laughs> tangenting i i, no, just, I get it i do it all the I time trip and fall and i'm yep i think the whole disney go. world Back thing has been a tangent but yeah like um i think you know you can you can look at the overall corporation and be like they have too much power they maybe make choices that i don't agree with but also like i think the majority of people in the corporation are hard-working artistic people who see beauty and so like especially with Disney animation and with Pixar and everything like again it's it's yes some some of these things like are falling into a larger trend and are ultimately 
hurting certain areas, but at the same time, like, I can't, I don't want to demonize hardworking and artistic people who are exactly. still making beautiful things. That's and, it. And, and like... That's how, you put it better than that was what I was trying to get at and yeah. you nailed what I was trying to get at. So thank you. Yeah, that's what I meant. Well, and like with with um, you know, like a movie like Moana and like Frozen and all of the Disney animated movies in the past few years, like y- you can you can pick apart certain things and you can talk about how they do X Y Z to hurt hurt the film industry and whatever. But like these are movies that bring people joy and they are movies that have changed people. My mom like is a different person because of Moana. Like, it, it, it is truly oh a movie God. that has spoken so much to her in volumes. And so it's hard for me to... I can say that I disagree with choices that the Disney company makes and whatever, but at the same time, I think so much good comes out of things that that they do. And it's hard... It's just a complicated, nuanced thing, right? Like, I don't know. Oh, it's a really complicated thing. I do not think it can be as black. Like, again, I, I try not to do this and be like, oh, other people should not feel so-and-so, you know, way about things. But I really don't think, like, people that see it as such a black and white thing, I think they're missing that there's a lot more to it. Yeah. I, I really think that there's, it's a far more complex kind of situation. Um and I, I think you can still make a stand on things. I think the frustrating thing about movies, and this is a conversation that I feel like I've, I, I've had online a lot, <laughs> yeah. is that like it's so hard to make people be like, I'm making a stand, I'm not seeing this movie. And I'm like, how are you? you I, I feel like half the time if you haven't seen a movie, you don't know what you're making a stand against. Like, I, I, I don't know, there's a lot of, yeah. I don't know, I yeah. feel like that can be like a thing a lot of the times where... Um, you know, certain people that we know, like making a stand against like, oh, I won't see this. And I'm like, how do you know that it's not like, I, I guess you, I guess we can kind of tell sometimes, sometimes. we're not going to enjoy based <laughs> With off. the Lion King, but I could I tell. Like, <laughs> well, that was the only. I still wasn't sure until I saw it. Yeah. I couldn't not see it. And like, thankfully I didn't have to pay for it. And you know what? I mean, I've, I probably shouldn't say this ever, but like, uh, Disney put out the biggest spread ever for just like <laughs> 40 critics at our screening. There was so much food and stuff and it was like they wanted us to love the movie. Right. Um, it was about as close to bribery as I think I'd ever felt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, God, I feel like I 100% should not have said that, but that's fine. <laughs> that's, I've heard other people say that. It was so great. It, yeah. It was great food. So um, I'll, I'll I'll take it. But I oh, see now I've tangented. I've forgotten again because now I'm thinking about all the food they had there. Yeah. Do you just ever have that where your brain just completely drifts off? And Do you, you have just... ADHD? Is that? <laughs> it... No. See, yeah. No? After everything I've said, right? After everything I've said, it would make it seem like I do, but no. No. I, huh. I don't. I just because um... I do. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have ADD. I don't have the H because I am not a hyperactive person. But I, I, I definitely like. I was talking to somebody about this the other day where I um I have a one track mind. Like if it's if if I'm doing something that I want to do, I will hyper focus and freaking grind it out and get it done. But if it's something that I don't want to do, especially back when I was in high school and everything, like it's I am all over the place and distracted constantly and and thinking about other things. Um and that really is a symptom of of ADD where it's like you can and and kind of how it is a blessing and a curse is like ADHD people can focus really hard on something, especially artistic things and get them done fast and, and grind them out and focus and, you know, obsess about those things, but also 
people, you know, those people can can get distracted when they have to do things that they don't want to do, like taxes. <laughs> so, you know. Oh my god, the worst. Yeah. The worst. Do they teach you how to like do that in American high schools or do they also not teach you that and then you get out into the real world and you're like, I don't understand the essentials? They don't usually teach you that super well. <laughs> no? Okay. Yeah. So that's a thing all around the world then. Because Australians it's like it a thing where everyone panics after after they finish high school. Yeah. You get out into the world and there's all this stuff you've got no idea how to do and you're just like, well, I've thank you for the years of education. I was going to say five years and then I don't realize, I don't know how long American, like I, your school system confuses, confuses no, me. Yeah. I you've got like three different, does everywhere have that? The like, the the, what? don't you have like elementary and then middle school right, and then yeah. is it high school or you've got yeah. like, I don't know how it works. Elementary, middle, high school. I mean, you go to college. Yeah. That's the usual thing I, I am That's wild i am not a fan of the american public school system whatsoever i was homeschooled most of my life and so i've definitely okay. avoided it pretty well um but yeah like it's it's a big oof and you guys and no one do, wants to learn you anything. guys get to wear like your own clothes that trips us out because everything <laughs> is like you, everyone has a school uniform yeah like, even public schools you've got a school uniform yeah. And like that trips me out. Like every time th- that's, that's another one of those things like that cultural like divide when you're watching like movies as a kid and the kids all finish school and they all walk out and they're already wearing the clothes they'd be wearing if they were at home. <laughs> that trips me out. That is, and my yeah, whole wow. life that's bothered me. No. Yeah. That's usually a pretty, if someone has to wear a uniform for school, it's usually like, everyone's like, Ooh, that sucks for you. That's so crazy. Like, here because that you have the occasional thing but that's very unusual you've actually finished you just finished high school didn't you you yeah, just yeah. last so how long you been may. done for now uh so oh so it's been it's been a while know, now, since actually. may yeah <laughs> you finish in may hang on hold up you finish yeah. in may yeah yeah your, no, how we, do your school um, years work what my school year goes from late august to early may is is the is that how so it semester works? That's how it go. That's how pretty much all schools go in America. Uh, some people but start then it's more not in a September. Year. It's not. It's not inside so it's, a year. It's that's so. Okay. Seme- I, this yeah. Semester one okay. is usually August to December, and then you have Christmas break, and then you pick back up in mid January, and then that goes from mid January to early May or mid May, something like that. Some people start or end a little bit earlier, like end in Ju- in June or start in September or something. But that's it's usually about the same. That, okay, so that would now make more sense when people are like, oh, you get the summer off school or whatever, and then it's like, I'm like, wait, how long do you get off? Okay, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, this is why, because obviously, like, our years here, like, our school year goes from, uh, f- well, I guess it's technically February to December. Huh. So, like, yeah. because obviously our summer's flipped, it's not in the middle of the year, it's in, right. it's in yeah. December. Uh, hence why when, you know, again, you're watching movies from America uh, as a kid and they're like, it's snowing during Christmas. And we're like, what? It's snowing. <laughs> Everyone's like catching on fire here. So, okay. So <laughs> wait, okay. Point, point being was you finished school now. Yeah. Is that not like the most liberating feeling oh, thing? I love it. Yeah. It's, um, so I'm taking a gap year this year. Yeah. You said, yeah. Um, and it's been pretty great. I, I, there was a fear, like, 
because of having ADD and because of being very, um, having so many interests and whatever, and I'm someone who doesn't like rules very much, like, there was a certain fear of like, well, what will I do if I don't have structure? Like, will my life just like amble and I won't know what to do? But I, I quickly realized that like, as soon as I was out of structure, I created it for myself. Like, and it's, it feels so good. Like this, this past couple months I have done like, I've just made rules for myself. Like I'm going to longboard once a day. I'm going to listen to an hour of an audiobook once a day. I'm going to, you know, do kind of a devotional kind of thing every morning. I'm going to watch a movie three times a week. I'm going to spend this amount of time on videos every day kind of thing. And it's been really liberating, like you said, to to have structured that all for myself. And definitely, like, I am not in a hurry or I don't have much desire to go back into the system with college stuff because it's really, it's such a societal expectation here. Like, it's like, all right, yeah. so after high school, you go to college. And all of my friends, same, everybody, yeah. spends their entire senior year applying to colleges and whatever. I haven't applied to a single college and I haven't figured any of that stuff out yet. Um, I probably will end up going to college at some point, but it really is, especially in America, getting to the point where it's such a insane amount of money that you're spending. And it's not like people don't value college degrees nearly as much as they used to anymore. And like, if it was like, I wouldn't get my film history knowledge if I didn't get a film degree, like I would. Like, yes. I have the drive yeah. for that, whether or not I'm in school or not, you know? So like, it, it's well, just paying money for them to make me do things that I would do whether I was in school and you know, anyway, so, you know, exactly. And that's like, I, I think I've, I've spoken about this before in, you know, over and over again, like I'm pretty passionate about the idea that like, if you want to be a filmmaker, you do not need film school. If you get yeah. to go to, which is the one that like a whole bunch of famous people came out of, is it UCLA? Uh, Whether like yeah, Ryan you, Coogler UCLA and Damien or Giselle NYU. and stuff or Harvard right. or something. Yeah. It's, there's a couple um, places where it's like, yeah, if you're going there, well, like, I guess you go there, but like, um, yeah. It's just a thing where, like, I don't know, at least in Australia, like, I got to film school or, like, it's not – we call it film school, but, like, I guess it's just a university with a film course. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's meant to be a difference. I see, I see people talking about film school all the time, and I'm like, what is that? Um, I mean, there are, in America, like, very prominent schools that specialize in film like nyu in new york that's mm. where my dad went. i feel like not like everyone that big... uses the term i feel like not everyone that uses the term actually means that though yeah you know what yeah. i mean like i feel like a lot right. of people just throw it around because it's but no like i yeah i kind of got there and i had a pretty good knowledge like out of high school um and right. I had a pretty committed group straight out of high school so like i got there and spent the first year going like this is nothing new like this is yeah. all stuff I could have read online. And um, yeah, I think now because we got YouTube and we got the like master classes and right. stuff and all this stuff you can do for like half the price or not even half the price, like not a even fraction half. of the price, yeah. if not free. Um, it is trippy though when you find out like, because obviously I was watching all of you guys before we started like interacting online um, it yeah. is trippy when you find out like these people you're watching and getting your film knowledge from, you're like, ah, oh, we are oh, all they children. Yeah. Right. Like we, we, we are yeah. all children. Like, like, uh, you know, obviously there's some of the guys are like drastically older, um, than us. Well, not just, I shouldn't just say the guys cause there's, you know, plenty of women out there doing it as well. Um, yeah. but yeah. And then all of a sudden, like 
it just like specifically John was someone who I'd been watching way before I think we'd all linked up. Like I've been watching him for years uh-huh. and, um, and then I was like, Oh, we're the same age. What? <laughs> like it yeah. just kind of, it, it kind of, kind of blew my mind. Um, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's if the I funny thing know, about, I'd assume, I'd assume Alex is like 35 based on his <laughs> voice. Um, so it's like, wow, I'm getting my film education from people half a quarter of the age of my film professors. Um, yeah, that is it, the funny it, it thing about weird, my channel but... is that like I get comments from people who say like, like they'll imply that they think I've already graduated film school and like I'm 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 in my like late twenties or something. Or then other comments from people being like, "Shut up, kid! You're what are you like fifteen? Like that kind of thing." It's such a and I think the difference is usually like when I show my face, I get lots of "Shut up, kid!" comments. When I just do my yeah. voice, people assume that I'm a lot older. So I don't know. Well, I don't know. I you still seem way older than you are. Like I don't know. If, <laughs> I I don't, I feel like that's not like it's adults start taking that as like an insult once they're over like thirty. Right. Like, oh, you. I I thought you were way older, and they're like, um, wow. Why would you say that? But like, I don't know. I feel like at our age, that's that's more of a compliment. But no, yeah. I, when you were like when we first like probably started talking, you're like, I'm still in high school. I was like, uh, pff, excuse me. <laughs> I was like, ah. How are you? How are you so like smart and mature? It still, yeah, trips me out. <laughs> trips yeah, me out. You genuinely talk about all this stuff better than I don't know. You're like the same age as my youngest brother, and there's quite a difference. Uh, is all I'll say. I probably shouldn't trash talk my my own <laughs> no. siblings, but uh, but yeah, no, 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 I, that's that. Yeah. I would definitely attribute a lot of it to homeschooling for me because, like, if I was in public school for my entire middle and high school years like I would not have had the time or energy or you know drive to to get all of this stuff you know to to have a YouTube channel and manage that like and that was how it got in my senior year was you know I could only get a video out like once every two months or something just because school was so busy um and that killed me like I was like I am feeling so drained from not being able to do things that I love um versus but like that was a small portion of it versus every other year of middle and high school. I had a lot more free time than the average kid in middle and high school would have. And that was what allowed me to really develop, you know, a YouTube channel and to, and to have more time mm. to study things like that. Um, so, you know, that it's, it's another reason that I'm not a big fan of the public school system in America because <laughs> it, it kills any free time for people to pursue their passions and, and kind of forces them into a box. Um, but yeah, so it's you know, <laughs> I forget what we were talking about. But yeah, it's it's this is this has been a weird podcast because I'm not <laughs> used to getting on and not specifically talking about movies, like it just being a, a hundred percent, just immediately straight into oh, so the latest Marvel movie, <laughs> we've we've actually just talked about just stuff. like normal people. Yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah. I mean, this is what we talk about like all the time anyway. It's just different when right. we're like actually, actually, it's not just messaging. Yeah. Uh, what's, um, what, are, what are you working on like after Dark Crystal? If, if you're allowed to reveal that, because I know that I'm still being coy in all areas about <laughs> what I'm working on. So I feel yeah. bad that I'm immediately like, hey, hey, what you, what you up to next? I, I do I'm, feel like I have in the past gotten over eager with announcing things that I would make and then I never made those things. <laughs> so now I take it I'll very turn it into slowly. a running joke. Right, I turn exactly. La La Land into a running joke now. <laughs> yeah, like, yes, I am. Um, make it. So Dark Crystal video I'm hoping to finish today. And then after that, 
I, I may do a Joker review, one of those a video about Joker things where I just ramble yeah. for 30 minutes or something. Um, I feel like people like those, and I am always surprised that they like them because it's just incoherent thoughts from me. But and it, uh, it, does it feel to you like it's like it's a massive kind of drop? In yeah. Like, <laughs> do you, do you feel like a gross feeling, like editing it? Like there's something wrong with you making that video? Well, the thing that I have been able to, um, I, I guess the way that I've been able that's, to liberate that's myself not trying to with say that, that, that those videos are gross. I feel like I just put you on <laughs> no, the no, I get it. Say, yeah, like, from my point of view, like every time I edit a Breaking Bad right. video, yeah. I'm just like the the difference in quality for yeah. me just makes like between that and Loverboy stuff just makes me feel. Like I just get this weird feeling, so I'm just wondering if you get the same thing going. I from, definitely do. Like super oh yeah, for sure. Essays to um, you giving your rambling thoughts. I guess the difference is I have been able to liberate myself by creating different segments. I think so. Like thinking about mm. the film review segments as their own thing versus my retrospectives as their own thing has definitely allowed me to have a different style with each of them. Um, but there is like. I feel like there's a bar of quality with those retrospectives and I never want the, my little reviews to fall short of that bar of quality. So usually I avoid like recording them in my bedroom or something. So like with the end game one, I went out to like some old ruins, like by a river to record them. Cause I was just like, this has nothing to do with the video, but it makes it seem like I worked harder in making it. <laughs> and I don't know, like that's with those in particular, I just try to do whatever I can to, give them an extra edge of production value just so that they're yeah, more give than it that me talking sense. in a room, you know? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I don't know. I feel like locations help a lot. Just the only downside then is like your management of audio becomes like, <laughs> you're like, cool, I've, oh, yeah. I've, I've upped one one thing, but then, yeah, given myself a thousand other problems. Yeah. Doing it from the other way. You've got to give us you've got to give us the uh your your hot take video on on the dark world cuz there's a fellow that Oh, is... we're doing it. We're talking about Marvel now. But uh no. but oh, as no. a fellow as a fellow fan of the dark world, I need that yes. video out there. No, yeah. I that is my next big like I'm trying to well, I'm trying to alternate like Videos I want to make with videos I know will be hits, but I also want to make. One for so me, one for Dark you. Crystal, Dark Crystal video is something I want to make, and it's not going to do well. <laughs> and I feel then, so bad that I haven't watched it, the, oh, the series yet, because so you've good. been standing so it good. so hard. But I am yeah. so far behind on TV. And I'm the only person standing it, the only one. It's another one of my well, theme you, park. You, you like, know, like, I know that I would be standing it alongside you oh, if yeah. I jumped on yeah. it straight away, but... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So Another after that, list. I think I am going to do the defending Iron Man 2 and Thor The Dark World video. Defending the two, quote, oh, worst MCU God, movies spicy. thing. Yeah. Um, so I think that should be fun. You know, I feel like that's it, two separate videos. I feel like I would do that in two separate videos. Yeah, to get, get the most mileage out of them. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. terrible, I, but yes. <laughs> I, I, I do like doing longer... Like, back in the day, I would divide things into parts whenever I could, but now I think, I do think people see an inherent value in something that feels comprehensive and like, all right, yeah, yeah, this course. is the end-all, be-all thing. Like, and that's kind of the case with video essays now, um, which 
you know, you can do a video essay and like someone like Jonathan does video essays about an individual component of something, right? So like his yeah. Jurassic Park video is about the cinematography of the films. Scale and um, framing, yeah. Versus if me or you made a Jurassic Park video, it would probably be oh about the entire movie. Like it wouldn't be about one And it would be six hours component. long. Yeah. And so I think there's value to both of those, you know, angles. Um, and I'm very thankful that people like Jonathan do things about just individual things. But also I think my style is more of, if I'm going to talk about this thing, I'm going to talk about like the whole thing, right? Versus well, we're a tang- thing about we're tangent thing. people. We we right. like the tangents. So yeah, exactly. We like to be able to go. Oh, you know, this thing's really cool, and uh, it does this thing, which leads to this thing, and then you're just like, you've gone from talking about. Yeah, it just well. Yeah. I mean, your Kung Fu Panda video did it in a way that, like, as I was reading the script that you sent, I was like, I have no <laughs> idea how this is gonna flow visually, and then like you actually put it together, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> it just works. Like, it yeah. just has an insane flow to it. Um, yeah, it's. Oh, I just get that. Th- Do you get that thing where you just look at a video on a page, like as you've written it, and you've just gone, "What have I done?" And then you go, <laughs> "You know what? I'm just going to record it anyway." And then as you're editing it, you go, "Oh, oh, I, sh- I did actually know what I was doing." Yeah, I feel like it's different for each video. That's me every sometimes time. I'll I'll write the script and I'll be like, "This is crap. How is this going to work?" And then it turns out great. Other times I'll write the script and I'll be like, "This is great. It's going to look great." And then I get into the editing room and I'm like how am I going to put this together? <laughs> you know, it it, it kind of changes, especially based on, like we talked about, how how much I know what I'm going to be showing as, as I write it. And I've had to be more mm. intentional with that recently in writing things where I know what I'm going to show with the visuals because sometimes I write stuff and I have no idea what I'm going to show when I'm talking about that thing. And then I get into the editing room and I'm like, what do I do? Because a, a lot of times that that happens with like the the more theoretical or conceptual things. So like especially with the Kung Fu Panda one, um, I talk about the concept of like destiny and and spiritual kind of stuff. And with that, it was hard to at first figure out what to show with that because those are all things that are you know they're they're intellectual concepts. They're not visual yeah. They're, they're, they're not yeah. They're concept right. as opposed to visual. Yeah. But then you have to kind of treat what you show as visual evidence of what you're talking about. And so, like, as I talked about those things, I would show clips from Kung Fu Panda that sort of supported my points of how those concepts tie into the overall story. And I actually think that that marriage of the visuals and the narration kind of makes it more effective. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. The I, the hardest part of editing for me and the most time consuming thing is when you're not specifically talking about the movie and yeah. you started moving yeah. into talking about uh, whether it's you know behind the scenes slightly easier because you've got a certain pool of stuff. Yeah. But when you start talking about things outside of uh, the video, you know, directly, I'm trying to think of an example right now that I've done recently and nothing's coming to mind. Like if you've got like an anecdote about the director doing something or whatever. Yeah, and then you're like, I don't know. But there's no footage of the director doing that or anything. And so you have to construct some sort of way to tell that story without having any visuals that explicitly relate to that story. Yeah, and you're watching through clip after clip to try to find that. Right. you know, for me lately, because I've started exporting everything in 4K, uh, I don't like to download YouTube videos. 
Uh, you know, yeah. if I mention a movie, I don't want to download a YouTube video. I want to have the whole film, so I'll go and rip the entire Blu-ray. I do the same thing. I, yeah, you know, I'll go to, I'll find a site that has like the trailer footage in 4K, and it takes like an extra 20 minutes to download yeah. or whatever because uh, of our slow ass Australian internet. That's the stuff that drags it out, and then I'll, you know, get stuck watching scene after scene, going, nah, it's not quite the right shot. You know, yeah, I feel like I mentioned the matrix in the John wick video, like once, Oh no, I went through a part where I was talking about like the credentials of the directors and like what they'd worked on. Yeah. And every time I mentioned it, I'd cut to, cause I hate using still images. I wanted to cut to footage of those films. And so I was going through trying to find like specific scenes from the hunger games and the <laughs> matrix. And I was just like, this is like a 20 second thing that no one's going to no, exactly. care yeah. about. But, I, like, obsessed I was the just same like, way. yeah. Because we've got obviously got friends that just they're like yeah cool let's just whack in a, a still image and I'm like right. this is great it like it's just great and like yet I'm going and spending like an extra half an hour to get this one two second you know clip uh, for a thing that goes by so fast no one's even going to notice it yeah I, what is wrong with us <laughs> yeah I that's another thing is um. I, I never want my videos to feel disposable, I guess. Like there's a, yes, especially with these retrospectives that have been so long now, there is a level of almost like gravitas that I want them to hold um, where I, you know, I have like a title card at the beginning that says what the video is. And it's like, this is the big opening for the video. And I want to have like the emotional part of the video where we get into the feels kind of thing. And Oh yeah. You and I are exactly the same in that yeah, capacity. Like with my dark crystal video, I actively went back and re rewrote some of the script because I was like, this just feels like a little like snippet movie review kind of thing. Like I'm like talking about this thing's good and this thing's good and this thing's cool and whatever. And I want it to have like a, a big build to like an emotional payoff kind of thing, which is so difficult when you're doing a video that's only 10 minutes like this Dark Crystal one is. Um, so it's, you know, it's hard. Oh, it's just difficult in general, no, no matter the video length. Like, And then I, I, I'm at a stage now where I'm like, I'm uh, just about to be 10 videos in and I'm like, how many more times can I go for the emotional? Yeah. Because um, I've done it on pretty much all of them yeah. and I'm like how many times can I go for that again before it it dries up but it's a hard thing when like obviously with me every time I talk about something it's something that means a lot to me yeah um I think or even if it doesn't uh you know obviously the MCU actually that one was a weird one because I went into it going I don't know if I love the MCU <laughs> that much and then by the end of it I was like yeah. oh I live for it yeah um but yeah no I, I get that thing now where I'm like I, I think it's because I I mean, you know how much I, I bloody stan uh, movies, with, uh, movies with Mikey. Yeah. And that's yeah. where I kind of learned it from. And obviously a lot of, I mean, you've been doing it for ages. Alex has been doing it for ages. Um, and it's naturally like the only place my mind can go when I'm writing something. Like I wouldn't know how to finish a video without a big emotional wind up. Right. I'm, I'm hoping I have to do a, a video at some point that doesn't do that. Yeah. So I have to like, like that would be a challenge for me at this stage. To well, that was go and do a video that just that was the tough thing about my Zelda Disney video was um, on the surface and for much of the runtime of that video, it's a very analytical, almost like essay, like you know, it's it's a almost scientific kind of video looking at these yes. very mathematical yeah. principles and stuff like that. And 
it was tough for me in writing that script to kind of condense it down towards the end into something that did feel emotional and did feel like there was a satisfying payoff. Because I was like, you know, Zelda and Disney both mean so much to me as a person, and I don't want to make a video about them that is only covering these very sterile concepts without getting into the things that mean so much to me about them, you know? Um, So that was a tough thing to do. And it's funny, like, because when you look at someone, like, the people who are willing to make disposable videos (laughs) are often the more successful and the more... I guess, liberated to do whatever they want. Like, Well, YouTube values it, man. They that's, do, that's yeah. The, that's the hard thing. YouTube values the content. Yeah. I mean, what, what's more impressive is the people that are making stuff that is not disposable <laughs> in a quarter of right, the time exactly. that it takes us. Yeah. Well, and I don't think there's anything inherently wrong about being disposable. Like, I, I think about... Well, I don't um, think people necessarily even see the stuff that way. Yeah. I think it's just like a, you know, it, it's naturally going to feel that way if you're scheduled to upload right. every week or yeah. every three days or even every two weeks. It's going to have a natural kind of feeling. Like, I watch Cosmonaut Variety Hour, and he does, like, those quickie movie reviews, and he does, like, little commentaries and stuff like that, and he's he's so willing to do like a disposable little video about what he thought about this one little movie kind of thing that he's liberated to do whatever he wants, which, you know, I don't make content like that, but I, I respect the fact that his willingness to make just short form content, just a little quick thoughts thing allows him to do more than maybe you or I would, because we feel so pigeonholed by doing these big weighty kind of things. Well, every video just seems to have more and more pressure. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, um, I guess because I, I with Lover Boy, I kind of came out of the gate so like strong with like what the channel is. Like this is what the channel is. This is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. And everyone seemed to like. Obviously, I don't have a big fan base, but people have like attached to them like the videos and the concept of the channel more and more. So the pressure for each video has just gotten like heavier and heavier. And obviously, like with this new one, I'm working on being double the length of anything I've done before and being so different to everything like the pressure just feels like it's getting heavier and heavier with each one yeah um and like because i'm going for like trying to grow the channel i don't also have the opportunity to go like oh i'm just going to talk about this throwaway kind of right um it, you feel like you're building quickly. a portfolio and you want it to be consistent exactly and yeah spanning. it's like you've, it's 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 pretty much your filmography yeah it's like your filmography yeah. and you don't want to do you know you you want to experiment, but you don't want to release a dud, I guess, or like that movie that yeah that everyone forgot about in the filmography. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to have that. Um, yeah, any of those. I mean, I've, I've, I'm sure I've had them. I'm not saying that every video has been that I've done has been memorable. I'm not saying that everyone that watches my videos needs to be able to remember all of them off the top of their head. Right. But you just don't want to have. Um, I guess it becomes about like what we as the creators feel. Yeah. You're like was you want it to be that valid use of your time and like I, look for me it's a case of like if I'm not out making films if I'm doing this YouTube thing instead, I better be making damn good videos nonstop. Yeah. yeah. And and I do, I have to treat every video that I make, especially the long form ones as an investment. So like, even if the Zelda Disney video didn't do well upon release, my hope with it is that I put so much work into that video and it's such a bar of quality that 
when my channel grows to a much bigger one, if, then people will go back and look at my old videos and be like, wow, even this video that didn't get any views, he put so much work into kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's what I go for. Yeah, I relate. Where it's like, you want to build a channel of consistent quality content where people can scroll back through your library and be like, oh, wow, there's so much of this to binge kind of thing. Um, which is difficult for me. I talked about this with Alex where like, I feel like my style has changed so much over the years that you can't scroll back very far without the videos feeling drastically different from each other. And, you know, you can't control that because we all learn and grow as we go. Um, but again, but, like but you, audiences don't understand that. Audiences don't understand that. And you look at a channel like Movies with Mikey and his content has been consistent and great for like five years. <laughs> you know, yeah. and you can watch a video from five years ago and a video from now and there's no like you know, huge difference in quality between them, which, you know, he's all, he's, he's also in his late thirties. Right. So he has exactly. an excuse and he'd been writing professionally. So he has an excuse. Yeah. But yeah, this part of that's like why I clean slated with like, rather than continuing, mm-hmm. uh, doing why I love on breaking banter. That's why I gave it its own channel. Yeah. Was cause like I wanted to make sure that like, even then, like I'm super proud of the, the first videos I did, but I'm like, they're still so different. Um, Cause I don't think the channel kind of found itself until I did that like top five scenes. And then I went on that big spiel about empathy at the end. And I was like, Oh, that's what my channel's about. Like, yeah. that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but that's part of why I like kind of clean slated. It was so that I didn't have that thing that I have on breaking banter now where people still comment on. Cause I've got like 550 videos or something insane. Yeah. On there. No, Houston Productions um, one has 700 videos or, or more, but Many of them are unlisted. They're old Lego stuff from, you know, 2011 and whatever. God, you've been gone for so long. It's crazy. You've been doing this forever. But like, yeah, I still go back and have like comments on, um, on videos from like four years ago saying like, oh, you, uh, mispronounced this thing and I'm never (laughs) watching you again. And I'm like, I didn't even know this video existed anymore. Right. Like what? Yeah, what are you doing here? I'll get comments on my how to make custom Lego minifigures videos and it's like a comment that from from someone who's like obviously like 10 years old and they're like that you used the wrong clay for that thing you need to use this kind of clay and this kind of glue and i'm like thanks man that's uh it's been a while since i've thought about yeah that, it's, okay. it's like I'll, I'll remember that for the next one i'll take that in my <laughs> i'll take that in my stride we'll, we'll try to rectify that next time yeah yeah i've only really left up the videos that still get consistent views um <laughs> all the other ones are unlisted which does hurt because like my channel has like probably another million total views than than like it says that it has because oh so yeah many dude of the I are I asked I asked like uh, I think I might have put some back up but I asked nearly two million views worth of videos yeah yeah uh, more more so it was like outright because of um you know I, I'm sure you're aware of this and I feel like you you know we're both probably pretty good with this and not running into issues with it but um that thing of like uh, you don't want people to kind of hold you accountable to stuff that you said technically when you were a kid. Like, right. like, I don't know, like I, I, it's not saying anything's like that, that bad or anything, but I just look at some reviews of like certain movies and the ways I, I talked about certain filmmakers and I'm like, I don't want that out there anymore. Yeah. Like the way I used to talk about movies, you know, uh, some reviews I did that were just outright like cruel, you know, to the directors. And I'm like, it's content yeah. that people make all the time nowadays and no one really cares. It's just, you know, 
channels that that do that kind of thing uh, that I still watch. You know, it's all fine. But you're yeah. like, I, I don't want to be associated with that anymore. So you're like, I better axe it. Right. Yeah, having people dig up stuff is so annoying, especially with me because the majority of the time I've been on the internet, I have been a minor. And so like, you know, yeah, exactly. it's, people are digging up old tweets from when I was literally 16 years old. And it's like, I was 16 years old. <laughs> like, Imagine if everything everyone said when they were 16 years old was made public in a, in a permanent oh record, God. you know, it's insane. And so, you know, I think it's, when you when you find something old that someone said, like you need to ask, like, "Hey, do you still believe this thing that you said when do you, you were still sixteen stand years old?" By it? Holy shit! It's yes. like, no, I don't. Uh, uh, that sounds just as crazy to me as it does to you because I was sixteen years old. <laughs> like it's you know yeah. So, and you know. never want to be in a position where you probably dig up something from when you were sixteen and you, someone asks you, "Do you still stand by it?" and you go, "Yes," and you're like, "Right, that was twenty five years ago." Because I feel like that's a lot of people on the internet. I feel like they've been yeah. thinking the same thing for a long time. I feel like if, like, if the majority of your stances on things have not shifted since you were 16 years old, then you probably haven't grown a whole lot. <laughs> Bro, if mine haven't you know. shifted since yesterday, I start <laughs> panicking. Right. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm like. I'm like, don't don't ask me. That's why, like, with reviews, I just kind of, I'm like, uh, you know, I reviewed Joker four days ago now, and there's already stuff where I'm like, I wish I'd explain this differently because that's yeah. I feel differently about it already. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's just how it is, and it's out there like that forever now, and if I take it down, there <laughs> goes, you know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe things should have that kind of, like, Snapchat effect of, like, a video stays up for, I don't know, 10 days or something, and then it goes... But then, right. obviously, yeah, YouTube would never allow for that. How do its servers <laughs> handle hand, like having that many videos on there? I have no idea. It, it is a miracle I don't get the logistics. in and of itself. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's, it's genuinely incredible. That's the, the thing the, is we like, have, people talk we about have, like another uh, site replacing YouTube or whatever, but no one has the server capability that YouTube has to replace them. Like, oh, no That was way. What, what VidMe tried to do. And as soon as a few more people got on their site, they just crashed and burned. Like, so it's not a possibility right now. It's a beautiful thing to think that our videos with so much hard work and dedication and, and research and passion poured into them are on the same site alongside <laughs> cyst extractions and stunt videos of people jumping <laughs> from rooftops through tables. It's an absolute wonder. It's an absolute, uh, imagine that. We turn around next weekend where that, that's the videos that we're posting is us yeah. diving through tables. I like, I, I, sometimes I remind myself that the video essay community is not the biggest community on YouTube. Oh, like, dude, it trips me out. It trips me out because I feel like that, it's like, the only community. Right. The biggest video essay YouTubers still fall way short of toy review channels and stuff like that. Oh, dude, you we're know? like so minuscule. crazy. Yeah, like the amount of people in everyday life that just haven't even heard of our section or don't even know what a video essay is. I'm like, hey, right. it's a, yeah. and like uh, I would not even know where to start. I'm like, have you ever watched like I'll mention like you know these huge videos by Tony Zhao or or Nerdwriter or Lindsay or you know any of these other uh, other people? And they're like, nope, never saw that. And I was like, I'm 95 percent sure everyone on Earth saw 
you know, like Lindsay's Hobbit videos or whatever. Right. And people yeah. are like, nope. And I'm like, what do you watch instead? They're like, I was watching makeup tutorials. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. And they're like, okay. what, what else are you watching? And I was like, I was watching, yeah, again, stunt videos. That might be an Australian thing. Australians love <laughs> that I think that, that might that be stuff. an Australian thing. I don't, I don't know many people who watch stunt videos. I know people who watch like epic fail well, When I say videos. stunt videos, I'm pretty, well, I'm pretty sure they're, yeah, it's probably, they're probably more in the fail territory. Yeah. But people are just, yeah. I'm just thinking of all these weird screenshots I've got now of like, Stuff I've seen on Facebook of Facebook, who uses that anymore? It's probably all stuff from Twitter Um, of just, yeah, weird YouTube like thumbnails. And I'm like, these are videos that actually exist out there. Wow. It's it's some stuff. It can get pretty discouraging Uh, when you realize what a tiny fish you are in a big sea and how, you know, I mean, the big thing is when like you'll upload a video and it takes you three weeks to hit 30K and then someone else uploads a video and they hit 30K in like five minutes. <laughs> like Especially when it's obviously... on the same topic. Yeah. Because uh, I know that we've both been there recently. You had your Kung Fu Panda and I had I had, um, I had, had the Shrek situation when mine was a month early. And it has the exact same thumbnail as one that has uh, over a million views. Uh, yeah. The exact Man. same thumbnail. Theirs was two weeks later and theirs was a negative video, I believe. And so it's like 3K views to 300,000 or something. And I was like, and that's how the internet goes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it oh, is, well, it is weird because sometimes you'll see people who have no subscribers and their video absolutely blows up and then they gain a bunch of subscribers from that. And other times you go, all right, me and this guy uploaded the same video but he has a lot more subscribers than me, and so that's probably why his did a whole lot better. But then you go, well, but I see videos from people who don't have any subscribers who, who do that do great. So like, why you know, like that was how I felt with the um, the what's his name, Cosmodor Kung Fu Panda video again, no will will, but like, you know, it, it was like, well, obviously his video did so much better than mine because he's got such a bigger subscriber face, subscriber base, but. Then you go, well, but if he didn't and he had the same amount of subscribers as I did, is it possible that his also still would have done better just because it hit the algorithm more or something? Exactly. You know, like, I don't know. You, you never know with stuff like that. No, oh, it's just, it's a cruel business we're in. Why do we do it to ourselves? <laughs> yeah. It's do you plan a... to do, like... What are your long-term oh, plans in terms of YouTube? Like, uh, when do you? When are you gonna stop, or when are you gonna move on? Like, what's the, what's the, like you're offered this thing and that makes you quit YouTube kind of thing? You know, um, it's so weird because oh shit, that's actually this month. I've been on YouTube for five years this month. Wow. Yeah. Um, and. I think it's got that like sunk cost fallacy thing now where I don't know when to stop. Like I can't <laughs> feasibly see myself. And the issue is like, yeah, I think I finally get to the point where I'm like, no, I'm genuinely, genuinely quitting. And then one of my videos finally blows up and I have a hundred thousand subs and I'm right. like, Hey, I've actually got, I, I can work with this. Yeah. Um, look, I don't know. Like I, I didn't expect to be doing YouTube still now. Um, I don't know really what I expected. It was just a thing, you know, where I started reviewing movies with a friend and then 
it becomes something else. And then, you know, you're in this community with all us creators and you're like, okay, maybe I keep going and keep doing things different. Um, it's weird because I know that this platform puts me in a room where like if I'm pitching a film and there's 10 other people in the room pitching their film, I immediately would override. Like I immediately have more traction because I, to someone I'm pitching a film to, I know how to connect to an audience. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I've got yeah, this. Yeah, that's the hope. Uh, I yeah. That, well, no, it's, it's a thing. Like I've, I've been out there and realized it's a, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like, you know, I've got that kind of, I guess if so many of these ideas that I have are just like, yeah, they're just fallacies that I've got that like, yeah, if, if I do this, then I'll be fine. Yeah. You know, cause I do want to be directing movies, but there's that weird thing of like, hi, I'm doing the most insecure kind of job in the world. And, uh, there is a security to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I barely get paid enough. I think, I don't know, um, from doing this, you know, across the two channels, but like I get to control when I work, I get to, you know, I do two days a week at another job to cover the gaps. Um, but like, there's a security thing to it too. I go to bed when I want, I wake up when I want, I do as much work in a day as I want. I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird question. So that was like the most overly extended <laughs> answer, but it's like, no, I, I don't it. know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's such a weird thing because there's no, you know, end goal. There's no, um, you don't turn up to work at the beginning of the day and then go home and then not think about it. Like we are perpetually working. We're never, if yeah. you're doing YouTube, you don't, there's no such thing as a day off. Like you take a day off, but you know that that day cost you. Like, I, right. I, I don't know about you, but for, for me, that's how it is. And that's how it's been for years. So I don't know. No, how yeah. When you, when you feel like you have to get consistent content out, like every day that you don't keep making a video is a day that you're losing to the algorithm or something like that, at least in your own head, you know? Yeah. And I, there's probably, you know, one day there will, there'll be books on how this is the worst job in the world for your mental health. Um, but, you know, just stuff that I've been like, hey, I don't think I had these issues before I started doing YouTube. And now I'm like, why do I feel depressed all the time? <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, yes, it's because of YouTube. Um, so, yeah, look, man, I don't know what the what the overall is. I don't know what the end goal is. Um you know, I finished high school and I was like, I think my life's going to go this way. And then it goes a different way. And it's not, you know, not a problem or a problem or anything. I would love to have been more successful at this so far than I have been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've got too many things left to say. <laughs> I, I think I jump out when I, when I knew that I had no more left to say, I, 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 yeah. I think that's it. I think I'd hit a point where, you know, um, I feel like I put enough into the world to have, you know, cause now my channel's about having, uh, I guess like an impact now it's not so much about making videos to, uh, to even just connect with people. It's like, you know, we talk about the idea of social influences or, or, you know, whatever that means, but like yeah. I actually seek now to have an influence because my channel's about something. I have ideas I want to put across. 
Yeah. And so like it, it's when I hit a point where I feel like this thing has a life of its own without me, I think that's when I step away. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I want to keep YouTube forever too. If I get into making f- films, I want to use this to give back to people who didn't know where to start. So that's the thing. Like I never completely abandon it. I've got this forever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's it. That's my super long winded answer (laughs) to that. I'm sorry. No, I get it. Yeah. I, I definitely think like when I was a kid, um, (laughs) when I was about 12 years old, I wrote a fantasy novel that was like 500 pages long. And it was like my magnum opus at the time. We are and, so alike. It's crazy because <laughs> I did the same. Yeah. I So I always thought when I was a kid that my purpose in life was I'm going to be a writer and I'm going to create stories of my own and I'm going to tell stories and I'm going to be a director and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be someone who writes their own stories and changes the world through the stories that they tell and everything. Um, and as I've gotten older... I think I have realized that I'm not someone who creates their own stories a lot of the time. Like I'm not, I'm not someone who usually is like, oh, I just had to tell this story. The characters were just jumping out of me and I had to, you know, convey this and, you know, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Like, like some writers speak like, um, yeah, yeah. I think my real skill sets lie in, highlighting and illuminating things that I'm passionate about and making them compelling and dramatic for people Um, in a similar way to, I think, what a journalist does where they take a a story that they hear of and that they report on and that they study and research and they um, condense it and make it palatable and tell the story through the something that has really happened. yeah. And that's really what I do on my YouTube channel, you know, is I, I take movies that I'm passionate about and I take the behind the scenes of that and I take the themes of the movie and I sort of condense all of those things and highlight what I think is beautiful about them. Um, and so, you know, I, I think I don't really think I'm meant to be a writer in the fiction sense, maybe in the nonfiction or in the journalistic sense. Um, but yeah, like I, I look at degrees to possibly get and all this kind of stuff. And I think if I get a degree, what I'm leaning towards right now is more of a journalism degree or a broader art degree because I love, right? Okay, I love, um, I love telling people stories and I love conveying what is beautiful and highlighting what is beautiful, but I don't. I'm not someone who creates fiction usually Um, because I think there's, I I think I see enough narrative and enough beauty in the world already that I don't need to create that from scratch. Um, And so for me, like, have you ever listened to like the podcast of this American life or serial or something like that? Like, uh, you know, I do not listen to any podcasts other than the ones that you guys make. (laughs) Um, I do want to start getting into it cause I've finally managed to mentally be able to focus on, yeah. like I put something on, I just forget it exists if I don't have a visual. Yeah. Um, so no, I do not, I've, I haven't listened to that. So do continue. 
So yeah, like This American Life is a NPR show that I've been listening to for years now. And they they tell they have journalists who tell stories in an audio format and they interview people and it's usually really fascinating stuff. Um just from a broad, broad range of themes and topics and everything, and just kind of, you know, conveying life in a very dramatic narrative sense, um, mm. in a very character-driven sense. Um, so it's journalism, but it's it's narrative. It's narrative journalism, I guess. Um, and that's really what I would say I'm passionate about in the long term. Like, Yes, I would love to make a movie and I would love to um, be a director on something. I don't think I would write a movie, but I would definitely direct something that I was passionate about. Um, but I think journalism as a degree really helps me out because it 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 does seem to be I have the I have this broad range of interests that I don't know how to unite all of them. And I think journalism covers the broadest spectrum because it's journalism, which I am interested in, but then it's also, documentary filmmaking and it's film criticism and it's writing and so I think I don't know that's what I lean towards and that's sort of what I hope my channel can evolve into is more than just talking about these things that I consume that I love um something non-fiction that is beautiful and conveying just beauty about the world in a narrative way um so I don't know that was a long roundabout way that I don't even know really answered the question but <laughs> You know what I we, mean? We both answered that pretty much exactly the same way. It was exactly. just a case of yeah. like, we'll talk until we get our way to what <laughs> we're getting at. Uh, no, yeah. but that's, I, I that a hundred percent sounds like you though. Like, yeah, I totally get that in terms of like, I, yeah, you just seem like the type of person who's got so much in them. They want to like get out there that that's probably like the right Avenue and not yeah. even like it's, it's not a case of, I think the older you get, like, well, I'm like five years older than you or something, which isn't much, <laughs> but when you think about it, I guess comparatively it kind of is. Um, it's like you kind of start to realize there's no like one set way to go about doing anything and there's no like one set path. Like you get to do a bit of this and a bit of that. You know, yeah. when, when you're asked when you're, when you're five years old, you're like, what do you want to be? And you're like, I want to be a, a fireman. Firefighter. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, a cop or no, no kid ever says, I want to be a <laughs> cop. They're like, I want to be a policeman. Um, uh, but yeah, like, or I want to be a scientist or an astronaut or whatever. Like it, it's not as blanketed or like right. as, as simple as that. Like the older you yeah. get, the more it's like, I want to be a person who does this, 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 and this, and these 50 other things I don't even know that I want to do yet. And so yeah. like, I think it's good to just have that approach. Um, and you know, your field, like, you know, you know, at this age, like, you know, what your strength is and what you're passionate about. And, um, as we've spoken about already, uh, obviously neither of us, are the type of people who are particularly good at doing things that we don't want to be doing. Um, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, at least, um, we can kind of, we're at that stage where we can be like, yeah, we'll just focus on play to our strengths. Yeah. And um well, and I think hope that the a... world doesn't catch on fire before we get a chance to do all of it. <laughs> Please. Yeah, I, I think I I was, you know, it's easy, especially in my stage of life, and maybe a little bit in yours, to um 
to see everything that you do as like, well, this will lead to this career and this will lead to that job and all that kind of thing. And this will ultimately lead me to being a big time Hollywood director kind of thing. Uh, um, it doesn't, but falling doesn't. through it is part of the joy. Falling, like, falling your way through it and finding, finding your way there is part of it. Yeah. My, my old youth pastor said to me a few months ago, he was like, you need to treat what you're doing now and the choices that you make to do certain things and be in certain programs and go to whatever schools and, you know, all this kind of stuff as not preparation for the job that you want to have, but preparation for the person that you want to be. Um, and I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's pretty so good. accurate. Like, I, I think it's better to yeah, do things amazing. out of like, I want to be the kind of person who knows about this. And I want to be the kind of person who has this skill rather than I want to be the kind of person who has this job, you know? Um, and that, that definitely changed some of my approach in how to, you know, tackle some of this stuff. So. We are really on the same wavelength with a lot of that. Yeah. That's a really good, um, that's a really good, uh, you know, quote though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I, I feel like you've got so much figured out, like for someone that's, you know, again, you're not that much younger than me, but you are. <laughs> I feel like having a lot of that, like in your head now is just going to make a world of, I hope world so. of difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a big, like emotional ending. We've somehow done. Like, I think uh, so. I think we have incorporated we've, we've turned... our video structures into our podcast. Yeah. I can't believe it. Man. Yeah, I don't know if I was crazy. mentally. I think from the point that we mentioned that, I was like, I think we're going to try to find a way to do that. I think subconsciously <laughs> our brains were like, we have to go there. We have to make that happen. Yeah. If if this had a visual, it would be black and white, 12 frames per second. <laughs> there'd be a slow piano. A lot of camera over. grain. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. There'd be so much grain. And, and yeah, that would be it. We'd be finishing right now with right a now. really important point and that's how it goes i guess time. it's time to wrap up then i, it I think is, we've, man. we've covered a lot what time is it for you we've, right now it is uh 1 a.m or the middle of the day for me so um oof no nah, that's all right that's all right man uh we did talk for ages but it was so good hanging out yeah it was real fun i am i have thoroughly enjoyed having uh two YouTubers on for the first start of the podcast. I'm interested to see how much like retread there is when I have on different YouTubers in terms of subject matter. Cause we talked about that's why I want to get similar early. things to what I talked about with uh, Alex, but at the same time I felt like we went into some very different subject matter as well. So, you know, YouTubers and I'll probably end up ranting issues. about Disney at some point too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a running gag. It's going to be a running gag. <laughs> well, cool. Well, um, let people know where, where they can find you on YouTube and all that stuff that you say at the end of the podcast. You know how it goes. <laughs> well, well, well. I am Bailey from Loverboy and Breaking Banter, uh, two separate channels because, you know, I'm greedy. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Loverboy Media. And uh, I think that's it. I was going to, like, do a video plug, but I realized I still haven't announced my next video and I don't know when I'm going to, and I'd love to give you a exclusive, uh, but I don't want to give myself, uh, I don't want to give myself any kind of deadlines on it because yeah. I will start panicking. So yeah, that's me. There you go. Well, if, if you want to find me, uh, I am Houston productions one on YouTube, but you knew that cause you're listening to my podcast. Um, 
And uh, it's Blockbusted Pod on Twitter, but you also probably knew that. Definitely go subscribe to Bailey's channel. It is some of the best work on YouTube right now, by far, and that is not, not hyperbole. Um, so yeah, definitely do it. And I'm hoping to have on a lot more of my YouTube friends in future episodes of this show, including probably Bailey back on again at some point and maybe Alex back on again at some point. Um, I think next episode might be my cousin Drew from my old podcast, Blockbusted. I think we're going to talk about Dark Crystal because he is the only person I know right now who also likes it in the same sense that I do. <laughs> so I'll try to catch up by then. Yeah, please. It's so good. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for my Dark Crystal video. That should be out in the next day or two. Um, so yeah, although this might come out after I release the video, so I don't know. Anyway, not to get on another tangent. Thanks for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.